Well, we're in week four of our series on prayer called How to Pray. Whoopsie. Um, A journey through the Lord's Prayer. Who's been enjoying the series so far? I have. Who is journeying through a small group community through this series? Who is not in a small group community? You know what? I, we say that a lot from up here, but I really encourage you, if you are not in a small group community, to get in one, because there is nothing like being part of a group of people who eat together and encounter God together and pray together. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. We've been working through the Lord's Prayer, which I love. We've also been working through this acronym PRAY, P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. And this um, this morning, we're going to talk through the second part of ask. We're going to talk about intercession. Um, But as we speak about intercession especially, because sometimes people hear the word intercession and they get all freaked out and think that intercession is only for like the super spiritual or the gifted intercessors or something. I want to remind us what Katie said when she opened up the series, that we remember to keep it simple and keep it real so that we will keep it up in every expression of prayer. Um, Week two, Joel spoke about adoration and how important it is to have a starting place of being known by the Father and knowing the Father so that our prayer life actually becomes where we enjoy God, even more so than what we bring to Him. And last week, Katie talked to us about, and that's our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Last week, Katie talked to us about prayers of petition, give us this day our daily bread. And she reminded us that God actually extended the invitation for us to ask him. He actually extends the invitation to ask. And she reminded us that he loves to hear our voice and he loves to us to come to prayer with him for things that are big and as well as small things like parking spaces and blue teacups. And if you didn't hear the message, I suggest you go back and listen to it. So today we'll be looking at intercession Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Petition in its simplest form is coming to God with your requests and needs. Intercession is coming to God with the needs of another person, place, or circumstance and standing in the gap between heaven and earth and asking that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done. Um, We heard both Joel and Katie say that if we wanna have a prayer life that is lasting and joy-filled and um, effective, it needs to be birthed out of relationship with God. It needs to be our starting place in any type of prayer that we come to the Lord with. So before we start the conversation on how to begin a life of intercessory prayer. I really felt led to share with you four of probably the most important things that I've learned in my walk with Jesus and in my walk of prayer with him. Is that all right? Number one, a lasting prayer life must begin as an honest heart communion and an honest conversation with God. My personal um, 
my personal, what would you call it, um, description of prayer is this. Prayer is the outpouring of my heart in the presence of my God. That's what prayer is to me. The outpouring of my heart in the presence of my God. It's not just a duty. It's not just a religious exercise. It's a heart posture. And it's a communing that is developed in intimacy with your Father who loves you. Sometimes messy. It can be raw. It can feel awkward. It's not a feeling. And it is not something that comes naturally to us just because we receive Jesus as our Savior. And I felt like I should say this morning to some of us um, entering this prayer journey, and especially when you hear the word intercession, that prayer for you might just need to start from an honest place. I sense that there's many of us maybe that have been Christians for a really long time. And for years we've felt maybe stuck in our prayer life for one reason or another to the point that maybe you're just giving up on prayer. And when I hear, when you hear the word, me talk about intercessory prayer, you just glaze over. But for you today, I believe that for you, it's time to maybe have that honest, honest conversation with God that's been needed to have, you've been needing to have for a long time. And that might just look like this. Father, I don't feel close to you when I pray. Show me why. Father, I'm angry at you because you haven't answered my prayers when I intercede. Forgive me and heal my heart. Father, I don't know how to trust you with this. Teach me how. But prayer has to begin with an honest heart connection and honest communication before your God. And I exhort you, if you're struggling in your prayer life, to start there. It's where I had to start. It's where I started my prayer journey. Number two, prayer should not be your goal. What, they say? Aren't we in a prayer series? Don't you want us to be a people in a house of prayer, we've been hearing you say? Yes, we do. But prayer itself cannot become your goal. Intercession cannot become your goal. We talk about spiritual practices a lot here at Curate, and I know it's the heart desire for every leader and every pastor in this place that we would experience spiritual formation and transformation as a result of spiritual practices that we intentionally put in place. Reading the word, studying the scriptures, praying, um, fasting, gathering on Sunday, serving in ministry, praying. But spiritual practices cannot be our goal. They are means to a goal. Who is a person? Who is your father in heaven? Who is relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Because if reading and studying becomes your goal, you'll forever be chasing after knowledge to know things rather than seeking the author himself. If attending Sunday gatherings becomes your goal, you'll come waiting for an event or for an experience or just to be part of another group rather than coming to Worship him and become one with him and then let your life be an offering. And if our goal is to have a powerful ministry and to be able to cast out demons and preach the word boldly, to see signs and wonders, to you know, charismatically lead worship, then we'll forever be seeking after spiritual practices 
and we'll be seeking miracles and we'll be seeking signs and wonders rather than seeking the gift-giving miracle worker himself. Spiritual practices are a non-negotiable in the Christian life and they are vital to your growth and to your flourishing, but they can never become goals in themselves, including prayer. Number three, you are a unique prayer vessel. I love that image. And I imagine the author or whoever put this up here's intent was perhaps to show us that these are all vessels, but they're different expressions of prayer that we're talking about. But I couldn't help when I saw it the first week to exhort you that you are a unique prayer vessel. Um, We are all made fearfully and wonderfully unique. None of us are made with the same design. We were all handmade, hand-kilned by the Father. We have different personalities, different experiences, different spiritual gifts, different weaknesses, strengths. We're all different. The way we interact with God intimately looks different. The way we hear from him sounds different. And I just felt like I needed to remind you not to compare the way that you relate to God in intimacy or the way you pray to anyone else. Never be tempted to compete, compare, become envious, or be something that you're not before the Lord. Um, You are a unique prayer vessel. And the fourth thing, and this is the most important thing that I learned, especially around intercession. We are joining Jesus in his intercession and not the other way around. Let me repeat it. Let it sink in. We are joining Jesus in his intercession and not the other way around. And this should make us feel encouraged and excited and it should actually let the pressure off a little bit. And it should make us want to join him because he knows what to pray. (laughs) If Jesus has gone to heaven and is seated next to the Father where all angels and, and authorities bow to his authority, like First Peter says, and if we're raised up and seated in Christ in heavenly places, as Ephesians 2, 6 says, and if we were created to be co-laborers with Christ, as 1 Corinthians 3 says, and if the Holy Spirit helps us when we don't know what to pray by interceding in us and through us with groans, then it means that we were never intended to carry the responsibility or the burden of intercession alone. We're invited to join Jesus as he intercedes at the right hand of the Father, led by the Spirit, and join him and watch him open heaven and bring his kingdom to earth in the lives of people and situations and in this land. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's a whole lot better than trying to just figure out what to pray. So I love this prayer model that we have. Um, that The series is based on around the Lord's Prayer. Um, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. I'm reading my own one. On earth as it is in heaven. Remember, these were the disciples who had asked Jesus to pray. They were ordinary guys. They were tax collectors and fishermen. I know some were very learned and very scholarly, but I've met some very learned and 
scholarly scallywags in my life. Um, they weren't spiritual elite monks who would go for weeks on end praying in caves and bless those who do, bless those who do, but they were ordinary men and women. There was Mary Magdalene who was an ex-prostitute he had cast seven demons out of and he invited her in his entourage, in his, in his personal circle. And when they asked him, how do we pray? This is how he told them. And right here, we as this family, as ordinary, spirit-led followers of Jesus, are given the key to prayer and intercession. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I love 2 Chronicles 7, 13 through 16, and it reminds me of this. It reminds me of God asking, Jesus asking people to pray like this. And in 2 Chronicles, it says this, when the heavens are shut up and there is not rain, when the locusts devour the land or pestilence comes to my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and repent of their sin, then I will hear from heaven and I will give, forgive their sin and I will heal their land. And now my eyes will be open and my ears will be attentive to the prayer made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. And you know what? I prophesy over this house to be that exact kind of prayer house. I really do that our prayers united would hold the same military grunt. Our prayers have the ability to throw over enemies. Our prayers have the ability to protect God's army. Our prayers have the ability to heal this land when coupled with humility and repentance. And that's exactly how we should approach intercession, humbling ourselves, repenting of our sin, seeking his face, calling upon his name for his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's how we intercede. It doesn't have to be complicated. Of course, it can grow. But I just challenge you to let that be your life prayer when you see people, when you see needs, when you have situations. Lord, your kingdom come in this person's life. Lord, your will be done in this person's life on earth as it is in heaven. You can just use that, start there. It's so powerful. Sometimes when I don't know how to pray, that's exactly how I pray. That's exactly how I pray. Okay, so I hear you say, how practically then? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, this week in our groups, we're going to talk about four steps we can take as we become intentional in intercessory prayer. The first one is get informed. Get informed with the facts. And again, we're keeping it simple. So just ask people. Ask people what is going on in your life. How can I intercede for you? How can I pray and believe for God's kingdom to come in your life? What areas in your life are you not seeing God's kingdom come? What areas of your children's life are you not seeing his will be done? Just ask. Love them enough to ask 
where they would like to see God's kingdom come and then join them there. You know, we're called to love, aroha, above anything else, not just here at Curate, it's our number one value, but in God's word. Intercession is one of the highest forms of love. There's this beautiful quote by Richard Foster that says this, if we truly love people, we will desire for them far more than it is in our own power to give them, and this will lead us to prayer. Intercession is the highest form of loving others. Another thing you can do is start at home. Start with your children. Start with your family. If you don't have children, start with your friends' children. Rick and I did this. This is how we first started interceding. We would pray for their spouses since they were little tiny babies, that they were people who loved God and who were drawn to him. We started seeing their gifts and their abilities come out, and we'd start praying that God's will and purposes would be done in their lives. And we're seeing the fruit of that now, years later. Start simply, start at home. Pray daily for protection for your family. That's another way to intercede. I pray daily for my friends, my family, my pastors, for the city. Start simple, start there. Get informed with the facts and pray. If you don't know what to pray, ask your pastor. Ask your pastors today, where do you see the kingdoms not coming in our midst? Ask your city officials, where, do you, where are the problems? And just pray, ask and pray, ask and pray. Number two, get inspired. No one knows the person you're praying for or the situation or the place more than God himself. And remember, we are joining him in his intercession, not the other way around. Ask Jesus how to pray. Start an honest heart connection with him and an honest conversation. Jesus, I don't know how to pray. How should I pray for this person? Ask him strategies of how to pray for your city or your nation if you're that way inclined. Don't go by merely what you see with your eyes and what you think is best. Ask Jesus. He'll always tell you. Trust him, listen to him, join him and pray. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will lead you on the right path. Apply this verse to your intercession. Apply this verse to your prayer life. And then just align your will with God's and watch what he does. You can begin to pray the promises of God um, of, of his word. Be inspired by the scriptures. Um, they always line up with his kingdom, with his purposes, with his character, with his will. You can never go wrong praying the word of God over a person, place, or situation. You can never, ever go wrong. Use the scriptures. Get in it. Eat it. Sit with Jesus in it. Lord, what in your word can I pray over the situation? You'll never go wrong. John 5, 14 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now, I understand, I just wanna say, I understand there are times when we feel like we are playing, praying completely in alignment with God's will and his purposes and his word, and we don't see an answer. I've been there before, and I don't know why that is exactly. But in those moments, I choose to remember that my father is good and that all of his purposes are good. 
Next week, we're actually gonna hear um, a message that I'm so thankful I'm not preaching. Um, it's called, When Our Prayers Are Not Answered. So bless you, Joel. In Jesus' name, we anoint you with oil. So get informed, get inspired. Number three, get indignant. Indignant, that's a strong word. I learned this one out of a place of pain and loss and suffering, and I hear them say, ooh, sign me up for that one. Um, I lost my mother to suicide when I was 19. I didn't know prayer was an option. I lost my father nine years ago, tragically. Um, he was delivering Bibles to an unreached people group in the Philippines that he had found. And he was going to the base of the mountain and his Bible bag, I'm just gonna read so that I don't cry. Um, his Bible bag strap on his motorcycle came loose and it wrapped around the spokes of his wheel. And he was thrown from his motorcycle at full pace. And then he was run over by a large truck. <clears throat> I flew to the Philippines and I fasted and I prayed for 10 days straight believing for his healing because, of course, he had this huge ministry over there. Um, but he didn't survive. Leading up to that, from the moment he was saved, um, he had, the enemy had tried to take him out physically many, many times, and I believe that the Lord in his kindness knew the battle he would have had ahead and decided to take him home and heal him forever early. My dad was one of the first people in my family that I interceded for when I was first saved, because I wanted to know that he was gonna be in heaven with me forever. And I prayed for him faithfully for 15 years. And he called me one day and told me he was saved. And he became a radical for Jesus overnight. And seven years into his ministry, he had seen thousands upon thousands of Filipinos, drug lords, prostitutes, Muslim teenagers, saved by the love of God. Mm. And I had, prior to that, I had lost most of my family members on both sides of my family to traumatic early deaths. But God and I had a real wrestle about my dad for a while, but that's another story I'll tell it one day. But shortly after I arrived back to New Zealand, I was in this town, and I happened to run into this pastor that I barely knew, and I just mentioned something to him, and he had an incredible gift, and he said to me, you know, there is a spirit of death over you and over the generations of your family, and you have the authority in Jesus' name to intercede and break that. And then he had to go, and he's like, so you need to go home, and you need to intercede and declare war. And I'm like, well, that's great. How do I do that? I had never been modeled that before. So I went home. The next day, my little dog, Dixie, who is my little bestie, after my children left home, I was a mess, so I got a little dog. And... Um, she had gone missing the day before, and my husband found her down a rabbit hole, and she was dead. Well, I got indignant in that moment, and I went back to the back of our property, to my prayer room. 
And I began to pray. And from those moments of pain and from the groaning of my soul, the Holy Spirit began interceding. And Jesus began showing me what real frontline intercession looks like and what it looks like to intercede for those you love like he intercedes for us. You know, he lives to make intercession for us in heaven. That's what he chooses to do right now. Of all the things he could do at the right hand of God, he lives to make intercession for us. He took me into the scriptures so deeply. He spoke to me and he led me as I prayed in the spirit and as I prayed in English, step by step, day by day, showing me, teaching me how to dismantle, intercede, and bring heaven to earth on behalf of my family. I met him military style for a year and a half. And I joined him in heavenly intercession and in spiritual warfare. It was my training ground. It's where he showed me my authority. It's where he made me a courageous warrior. And it's where my heart was healed from trauma and all the past deaths in my family. It got loud. It got fierce. One time my husband came back and he's like, why are you yelling at God in there? <laughs> Sometimes I had no words at all. I only had the groans and I realize what that scripture means when the Holy Spirit groans. But I knew at the end of that time, it was finished in Jesus' name. My family land was taken back and healed and delivered from the spirit of death forever and ever for all generations to come in Jesus' name. God's kingdom had come. Yeah. That's how I learned to be an intercessor. But I feel like I need to say something here. There are times when we just need to stop questioning and complaining and wallowing in the world's injustice and we just need to get alone with God or with a group of people and get indignant. We need to turn our grievances and our disagreements and the injustices that we see and all of these things that God is control over because the government stands on his shoulders and we just need to get indignant and begin to intercede. Sorry, that's just a little side note. Get informed, get inspired, get indignant. Fourthly, get in sync the beginning of this, I said that if you're not in a small group community that prays together and eats together, encounters God together, you need to get in one and now I'm getting bossy because there is something powerful that happens when the people of God pray together. We keep each other in check and unselfish and unweird. Some people are weird, they'll always be weird no matter what, so just we'll go with that. But there's something really powerful that happens when we join Jesus in intercession together. Matthew 18, 22 says, where two or more are gathered in agreement, there I am in their midst. My small groups that I had when I first saved were where they prayed with me for all of my family members because I was the only one 
that had come to know Jesus, my husband was still a drug addict and a drug dealer. And I was trying to be a Christian. And do you know that I had the privilege of calling them four, five, seven, 11, 14, 15 years later to say that every single one of them were saved. Yeah. It's the power of praying together. Our recovery leadership team, we meet every week and we pray for the drug addicts and the prostitutes and the demon possessed and the hurting and the broken of the city. And look what's having it, happening at recovery group. It's not because we're fancy and we know what the heck we're doing. It's because we are praying and God's kingdom is coming to earth. We're asking for his kingdom to come, Lord. Your will be done and it's happening. You know, I believe that God is calling each of us into such a deeper, a deepening unity in prayer. Praying you and Jesus, but praying together. And I believe that this year as our vision is Fanonatanga, is that right? And Faka Fanonatanga, yeah. Um, that one of the most vital keys to this happening, besides eating, hallelujah for food, we love the food, um, but is that we begin to pray together in unity and in community. And as I close, I just wanna share a prophetic dream I had with you on the 1st of January this year. I dreamed that there were two trees on our church land and I thought immediately of the kingdom of heaven in Rev the book of Revelation. And these trees were just laden with leaves and they were laden with fruit, the most beautiful fruit I'd ever seen. And suddenly I saw this man come to eat from this tree and I knew in a moment as the Lord was showing me this that those who ate from that tree would be saved and healed and delivered. And the man that came was our friend Bones, Bones. He's an atheist who we've known for many, many years and I've prayed for him since the day I first got saved. And I knew that in that moment that, and then I saw thousands of people coming and beginning to eat from the trees, but I knew that Bones was a representative, representation of people who we least expect could be saved and we pray for them, but we're not kind of not believing. And I saw thousands upon thousands coming and being saved, being physically healed, being emotionally healed, being spiritually healed and being delivered. And then in the next scene, I saw heaven open and I saw this big golden key and on it was inscribed unity. And I knew that the key for us to see that scene unfold and for God's kingdom to come in that way is that we would be a united people from the leadership all the way down to the children, a community that is united in love and in prayer and in brother and sisterhood. And I just prophesy that we're seeing the beginnings of it. But the key was unity. 
There's a scripture in the, the word. I don't know where it is. Um, but it says, blessed, how beautiful it is when brothers and sisters dwell in unity. It's like the oil running off of Aaron's beard. And where there is unity like that, God commands his blessing and life eternal. Will you stand with me and we'll pray.